Welcome to the Jacks Rangers Show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here broadcasting from the beautiful Granite State up here at the Granite Outpost in Manchester, New Hampshire. Episode 19 is upon us here. The silly season rages on. This is an amazing episode. We've got some really good guests this time around. I will let you know this is going to be a very long episode if you haven't seen the duration of the episode prior to clicking on it here. The reason for that is just Big Joe Shepard, who runs the Three Bod Rugby Group, and I just really chatted it up. You know, we have a great rapport. I call him my Irish cousin. It's like a 40-minute interview. So yeah, I really enjoyed my conversation. I always do with Big Joe. We've also got our new South African center signing for the New England Free Jacks, Wayne Vanderbank, joined us at a wedding in South Africa. So you can actually hear wild animals in the background. They're doing like a nature wedding there that he was a guest of. So very you know gracious. Uh, He was very gracious with his time. We appreciate that very much. Also, we've got the pride of Franklin, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Christy Kershey was able to join us on the show. Uh, USA Rugby 7 star, who is also a big time Free Jacks fan, also does a podcast within the Free Jacks umbrella with Tammy McQueen, who's been a guest on the show previously. She is the ambassador of the Free Jacks. So, And finally, we've got an amazing guest, so professional and just what an awesome guy. Our captain, Captain Canada, Josh Larson is for coming on to the show the second time time here and I I gave him a lot of crap because he is now the coach of uh, the assistant coach at uh, my alma mater's biggest rival so there's a lot of that in the episode but he was a great sport just <laughs> enduring uh my uh my insane hatred of the Clemsucks Tigers really hope you enjoy the episode we'll get to the theme music here and and jump right into it with the format this week will be we're going to have Big Joe Shepherd first and then we'll have Wayne Vanderbank Christy Kershey and then finally we will finish off with the captain of the Free Jacks Captain Canada Josh Larson and we'll wrap up uh every Everything and close up shop. So yeah, thanks for listening to the Jacks Ranger show. Hit that theme music and we'll go from there. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. We've got Big Joe Shepard here from the Three Bod Rugby Group. Joe, how the heck are you? Oh, I'm flying, <laughs> as we say across here. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind over the last couple of months, as most people know. Yes. Um, you know, it's more med problem uh, with the heart, um, but um, I'm I'm fighting fit, and uh, geez, it's a great way to lose a couple of pounds. You know. <laughs> been excessive, been excessive, Phil. To be honest, but uh, no, it's really, really good. And uh, life here in Ireland is, um, is superb. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to getting back into doing stuff. And and, and genuinely, a real honour to be able to come on tonight and, and have a chat with uh, with you and as part of the extended family of the Free Jacks, which is awesome. Yeah, like I mean, I think you you could I consider you like my Irish cousin, you know, over there as a free part of the Free Jacks family. So you look fantastic, you know. Maybe uh, you know you look like a million bucks actually. So you've bounced back for sure from the uh, the uh, medical issues, uh, and uh, you look fantastic. And I know that you're ready to get back into um, the three bod rugby good and getting thing everything cranked up. So plug your social media for us. 
<clears throat> okay, well, our, uh, our Facebook page is the Three Bod Rugby Group. Um, and it's the same on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, and, and our YouTube channel. And uh, that is, um, uh, we, we've had that particular page going for um, just over a, a year now. So saying before we came on air, originally, if I tell you this, the backstory to, to where we got here, <clears throat> um, about three years ago, I had this crazy idea that once a week, I wanted to chat with like-minded people across the globe about what we love, rugby, you know, yeah. and that was and that was great. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to later how I started in rugby because I didn't start playing until 20 months. We'll come back to that. And um, so we had the we had a page called uh, and, and sorry, we found a virtual studio, which was in its infancy then. It was it wasn't fashionable like it is now a few years ago. So we we tried it, and I just um, I had no background in doing that, and I just find my, my way through and originally we it was called three blokes a ball and bod now obviously ball is rugby ball we didn't have a rugby ball i'd given my rugby ball to my youngest lad who was in the uk <laughs> it was three lads <coughs> excuse me three blokes who do, did the first show together so that was three blokes a ball which we didn't have and we asked people if they'd send us a ball because we didn't have one and oh. bod <coughs> excuse me bod everybody thinks is after the legendary uh, leinster and ireland player brian o'driscoll <clears throat> but it's not Bod as my little miniature schnauzer, and and he was called Bod before we got him. So again, the universe yeah. sent yeah. Bod to me, and vice versa, and that's where three blokes of ball and Bod came from. It time went on, and um, uh, last uh, Christmas we decided that we'd had six global shows each month, mm -hmm. covering a whole pile of different things. So we we then rebranded as the Three Bod Rugby Group, mm -hmm. um, and we have different people who host. Um, I'm was producing and directing all of the shows and we're now looking to sort of uh, train other people to do that uh, but that's where the group came from yeah and um, yeah interesting year but we'll come on to that bit yes absolutely so um and, and also the dog is a part of the logo and the branding too so if you guys see that that's that's that explains that so um tell us where you're from let's go let's rewind way way back uh tell us where you're from uh what's your origin story with rugby how did you find rugby that sort of stuff Super. Well, as people will gather from the accents, I'm uh, half British and half Irish. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I was born in, in, the, in the UK, uh, near Liverpool, in a place called the Whittle, which is just across the peninsula of water. Uh, my mother, who lives in Ireland now, um, uh, is English. My father, God rest him, was a Dubliner. And we obviously here back and forth when we were kids. So it's always really been home for me, you know. Um, and uh, so I left, uh, I left Medicine when I was 19 and joined the British Forces. Um, and then I retired in 2014 when I was 50, required to life. And we live in a place called in North Wexford, in Gorey, uh, which is about an hour south from Dublin on the East Coast, okay. directly opposite Welsh South Wales. And I'm literally 300 metres from the, from the beach. Okay. Um, but it's not, it's not like a sunshine, sunshine beach that you would <laughs> expect. It's blustery, but it's great. It's very peaceful. And uh, so that's, that's where we live now. Um, and how did I get into rugby? Um, I was 21, <coughs> excuse me, 21 years of age. I was in Germany with the British forces. And uh, my sergeant mate, I was in the military place, and my sergeant mate said, Jesus, Chef, you're a big lad. You must play rugby. Uh, no, sir. Football and judo, et cetera, et cetera. He said, none of that. He said, right. Short end of that story was <clears throat> they had a cup game that day and they needed to make up the numbers. So we said, I just need your name. You'll be a sub, just need your name. You won't get to play. Don't worry about it. Just 
10 minutes into the game, the prop, who was a pretty high, the tie head prop was a pretty high level standard, got injured. And it's almost that moment in life when you go, ooh, uh, something's going to impact on me. So I looked across at my sergeant major and went, went like that sort of, you know, and he went, <laughs> and it was, I then, this is no way to lie, so I'm going to repeat, I then got a 90 second brief on what a tight head prop did. Wow. Was sent on. What he neglected to tell me was what the loose head was going to do to me. And that uh, was a baptism of fire. So um, after the first three times of getting pooped big time um, and all sorts of the dark arts of the front row from the opposition loose head, I thought, Geez, I need to uh, stop being so nice and give a bit back. So, and that's how I got to it. And I managed to get through the other 70 minutes. And uh, so much so that the, the opposition loose head at the end, when we were in the bar, said, uh, was that your first game you've ever played before? I said, no, I'm not sure I'll be playing again. He went, you did all right. He was a man of few words, stuck a pint down there, shook me hand, and then we got off. And so I think I got through. That's so, and that's how, that's how I got into playing rugby, mate. What an incredible story. I've never heard somebody say that I, you know, didn't know what rugby was, didn't never played before, went into a game, never experiencing, you know, playing that position. That is mind-blowing. That is wild. <laughs> it's not even like you were, uh, it's not even like I was small and slight enough to be full-back or on the wing or nice. something glorious where you get a bit of glory, you know, tight head drop. It's, uh, it was a bit of a baptism of fire, but uh, no, I I, I, I love playing in that position and uh, I got sort of some operations years later, so I had to stop, but I had a, a good sort of 10 years of playing and yeah. thoroughly, thoroughly um, enjoyed uh, it was a real release. Rugby's a real release on and off the park, isn't it? So um, that was uh, that was great, but that's how I got into it. Yeah, That's great. I'll share a story with you real quick. Um, so when I found out about rugby, didn't play it, didn't watch it on TV, um, looked over the rules, started a team at my high school. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. I went to Charlotte Rugby uh, Club and was playing with them. So I was practicing and playing as a lock, okay? So forward-centric, you know, didn't pay attention to the backs. One game, I'm coming in as a substitute. Uh, we've got a, um, a wing that's injured. So I have to go in and play wing. And I'm like, what the hell's a wing? You know, this was like a couple months into me finding out what rugby is and never – hell, I, didn't, I probably wouldn't have saw, know who the wing was, never saw him before. You know, we all practiced separately, barely, you know, played together in practices and stuff like that. So um, when he gets injured, they look at me like, you're going in at wing. I'm like, what the hell is a wing? I have no idea, you know. So uh, I just kind of stood there for a while and, and waited until the game was over, basically. We was like five minutes left, so they didn't have anybody else but me to put in. So that was pretty wild, yeah. That's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> Amazing how we, <clears throat> excuse me, as a, as a rugby family across the globe, come together and get involved. I mean, I was um, <clears throat> now it's it's very fashionable now for props to run and to kick and to do all sorts, be multifaceted. Yeah. Um, I remember in my uh, must be my third game, I thought, Jesus, these good looking boys at the back. They never get the shirts dirty. Their hair is all grease and slick back. All girls love them. And um, I was hanging out my backside, so um, I remember getting the ball and uh, I kicked it. Um, and I thought, oh, that's brilliant. Went right out, line out. I could find a crate. Forwards don't kick. Oh, that was, it, it was back in the day before you did any of that. So yeah, you're allowed to run at people uh, and try and knock them over like Skittles, but you, but you couldn't kick. So uh, no, all good fun. Absolutely. So much fun back in the day. Um, but uh, how did you, um, how did the three, well, we've talked about the, how the three bod rugby group came about. Now, what can people expect going forward in terms of content from the three bod rugby group going forward? Well, I think, um, as everybody knows, um, 
uh, you know, following my heart attack and, and bypass, and we had to take a few months off. Um, but it's been good because it's allowed us to, to refocus. So prior to all that, we had sort of six global shows that were running each month. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And now uh, moving forward. So last week, we, we've just started again, uh, posting top on our page and planning the shows. Uh, last Tuesday, obviously, uh, we'll come on to the fact of the New England Free Jacks. Um, and we share a lot of quality content, quality, not quantity, um, from from other trusted sources or lives that we do. So, um, so in the in the last week, we shared something on uh, rugby safety. Um, I do some work here with uh, Rugby Academy Ireland, which is run by a former Springbok, uh, Dan Von Sale, um, and they've just got a, a guy who's partnered with them with new safety shorts, which have got basically targets on the very lightweight, and it's uh, called Golo. Um, brilliant, simple, brilliant bit of kit, but it, it teaches people when they're training to, to hit low and to go low to stop this problem of high tackling all the time and the head injuries and stuff. <clears throat> so um, we put stuff like that out. Um, uh, to, to, tonight we did a reshow of uh, the New England Free Jacks live from last week. So we'll be covering content um, on, on Irish provincial clubs. We'll be covering content um from everywhere globally, we've got a South African show which is being re-rolled as a global one. We're looking at doing some sevens uh, stuff. We cover women's. We cover, and quite importantly for me, is uh, we've always done this. We've covered stuff on well-being and concussion and sports and, and, and the through-life stuff, if you like, of a rugby player and, and those injuries and how it affects rather than people popping pills. And um, We've covered and will continue to cover the women's, the youth, the grassroots, mixed ability, visually impaired, wheelchair, tag, deaf, all of those um, type of things that we can do. And as we develop over the next 12 months, we'll be looking at to, uh, we're trying to do a, a seventh monthly roundup show. We're looking to do an Oceania show. So it's, it's quality content from across the globe. I sit in about 100 uh, rugby groups on, on Facebook wow. uh, alone. And <clears throat> so I have... Uh, uh, we were saying before we started, we had a problem with Facebook uh, at the beginning of this year, and we lost our original page, which we built over three years. I had 10,500 on it. Not massive, but it was a good niche following. And so we've had to sort of restart that again. But we have, um, we've built a really great engagement with people, we feel, between me, myself and the team. Um, and that allows us to be able to find quality content, um, both ourselves and stuff from and others, which showcases what they're doing um so i was in touch with the uh, i was in touch with a girl yesterday uh, i find people online and i think that's really interesting so there's a girl from howard university um <clears throat> and i saw a post on one of the american pages and i thought that's fab what they're doing grassroots women going it alone so i uh, saved the link to be able to use in the future i sent out a friend request had a little chat with them explaining what we're doing and that's what i spend a lot of my time doing engaging with people who have a vision have a drive um, and whether it's young academies or like i say whether it's wheelchair it's it just as important to me as as elite level rugby international rugby is to showcase what people are doing at the at the lower level or the whole cross-section of uh coats if you like yes 
it's all very impressive. And, you know, some people know the story, but not everybody does, is that, you know, you were a great inspiration for me to start the Jacks Rangers show up based on what you were doing with Three Bod Rugby Group. I think I'd somehow, I thought you probably posted on some rugby page that I follow or some group, and I, I followed you guys. And then I noticed that you were sharing the, um, the Free Jacks Midnight Ride series. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then I figured out that you were the guy producing it. We'll get into that in a moment. So, you know, I started reaching out to you because I was always commenting on those series because uh, I'm so excited about the Free Jacks. And then I kind of, you know, put two and two together like, oh, I can I can do something along those lines about my Free Jacks that I love so much. Um, you know, when I found out about the Free Jacks taking place, I just felt like because I was such a rugby evangelist for so long before we had a professional league in the United States, as soon as I found out that there was going to be a Boston-based team, I was like, I have to do something with this. So, you know, fast forward to when I figured out, like, I could do something like this. It's just, it's just a lot of inspiration. It's, it's almost like universal. Like, I it's kind of silly to say that to some folks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's like a path here for us to, to go down. And it's very exciting stuff. So I just want to say thank you very much for what you do. And you're inspiring people for sure. Oh, very kind of you. I, 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 I do. I am a strong believer, Phil, that, uh, that the universe brings people together for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and again, like I say, I spend a lot of my time putting people, different people together, who I think will will benefit uh, fr- from that. You don't have to know everything. You need to know where to go and who. And sometimes the whole thing of like you know putting you in touch with somebody else, I get nothing from it whatsoever, other than the satisfaction of knowing that um, that you're both going to benefit. Right. And you know, at um, at one o'clock this morning, no, sorry, half twelve this morning, I was uh, somewhere that I was on phone to a very good to a very good friend of mine in uh, he was in New Zealand lives in Australia and runs the biggest sports and rugby social group in some hemisphere about 100,000 on his group and I said do you know this former player because I want to speak to this former player and he said uh, yes I do and uh, I'm connected to a member of his family and then within 20 minutes we'd had a quite catch up and he'd sent an email connecting us through that's the power of the rugby family right. I mean that's the that's absolutely brilliant it's like you. I mean, I, I've seen you go from this kernel, this little tiny undernut of an idea that we chatted about to, to where you are now. And it's it's great being able to watch that grow. And uh, again, it, it's the, there's something about the Free Jacks that is, <clears throat> excuse me, that is a, it's a family orientated, it's a warm feeling about what they're doing, everything from Mags, the CEO downwards. And I've, Mate, I've, I've 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 worked at you know reasonably high levels. I had my own company. You know, I was a global head of of this and and, and that when I was in the, the, the for the British MOD and stuff. Um, and uh, I've worked with all sorts of people. So rank, positions, money, cars, nothing that impresses me. A, a human being impresses me, right. and uh, and that's why I, I I as much as Mags is the CEO, you know himself or yourself or the likes of Dave A or Dallin. Everybody is is just the, just a, a decent human being who was trying to spread the word of what you're doing, and I think that's why it was uh, it was it was very easy for me to buy in to the, the to what the Free Jacks were doing. Uh, and of course, you know, it's great when you get a little backstory that you can connect, like Jacks Rangers or First Regiments, you know, and yes. you date that back to where that came from yes. and Boston and all the rest of the stuff. And I think that's very clever. Yes. And, uh, and that gives a that gives a, a bigger identity as well. So uh, I love that type of stuff. You know? 
yeah, it's not empty logos or something like that. It has history to it. So um, people want to get behind it even more and, and are intrigued by it. So yeah, I absolutely agree. Let's go back for a second. Let's talk about, because um, I know that you're very passionate about this. Let's, uh, I know that you highlight nonprofits, charities within rugby landscapes. Uh, those are very important to you. Can you talk about some of the organizations that you've profiled? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, everything from... Uh... Let's say in, in, uh, across here in Ireland, uh, we've got a thing called Rugby Academy Ireland. And whilst it says Rugby Academy Ireland, it is actually an international uh, academy based at a four-star spa hotel uh, about an hour from here, which is always, which is always useful. And it's run by uh, Johan Taylor, who's a former international coach, and Dan Fonsale, who is um, a former Springbok Scrum Half International, and he was Leinster under-18s under and under-19s and Leinster uh, provincial women's coach um and i they they run uh they run short courses sort of day camp stuff but they also run a, a an eight month course every year for like our intermediate school leaders so when they sort of finish their exams what and what they're going to do and they teach them life skills and all sorts of great stuff alongside the rugby so it is an international academy for aspiring young players and it is everything that you know if you've taken a, a youngster who hasn't quite made the grade and Dan and Johan and the team, and they've got some, you know, top coaches and top former players and, and, and both, both in the, the men and the women's game who, who, who assist them with that. And it's, and it's fab. So being part of that is really important. Um, the Academy in um, Zanzi's Academy in South Africa, uh, which was set up by two fantastic people um, to, to help, underprivileged kids so it's everything like like that um wheelchair rugby visually impaired rugby over here we we got a good friend who um played for leinster in fact you know the special goggles that yes. world rugby approved now a guy called ian mckinley played for leinster and he lost his eye playing a game of tragic accident the stud in his eye so anyway short of the story was he went blind he then came back he went to italy to coach he ended up playing as a fly half for Italy and, for, and oh. with these special goggles on. So oh. the, himself, <clears throat> himself and another pal of mine who works for a charity called the Change Foundation in London, which helps disadvantaged kids across the globe through dance, music, sport. Um, they, uh, and, and, and Alex Basson, who's, who's the head of operations there um, on that side and runs the visually impaired rugby uh, around the globe, has been doing this for years. So it's spread. So it's easy to be able to help those people on their journey as well and putting people together. Um, and, and it's anything like that that we can do. And like I say, the, the, the government, yes, they're constantly looking. It, well, it's not always looking. They, they just come to you. You think, oh, that's a clip. No disrespect to a lot of people in the uh, in the digisphere. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is very easy to spot a quite a clever person with their comments, if I say it politely as that. Yeah. And those yeah. person you think, you know what, that, that, that's good. That's measured. That's a great response. I, I'd, I'd like to engage with you more because I think it would be, and that's what, then that's how I built my network globally by literally person by person um, and engaging with them and saying, okay, how can I help you? You know, what can I, what can I, what can I do to be able to help you or what can the three bod rugby group do to help you? And bear in mind that all of our shows, we have about 20 odd people involved in our show, different shows and stuff as hosts and stuff like that. I've only ever met two out of my whole team of 20 to 30 people because mm -hmm. they're across the globe. 
Yeah. Uh, I go to Ulster next week and we've got three guys um, up there and we've got some companies that we work with up there as well. Um, and I've never met any of them. Uh, so next week will be the first time that I meet them. And that's in over three years. Uh, that's pretty powerful that you can yeah, build something like that For across sure. the globe with, with, you know, it's not like you're working in an organization where you go into an office each day and you get to know somebody, their strengths and weaknesses, the yeah. peculiarities. I mean, you're trying to do that at a distance through through this. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think it fires us all up, to be honest with you. That's fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm excited for you to eventually get over here and see a free jacks game. I think that's going to be fantastic. We have to make sure that that takes place sometime in the near future. Obviously, after all this pandemic nonsense is over with, but um, you know that's good. That's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I can't wait to to have a pint with you and sit down and talk face to face. And it's going to be a fantastic time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's on my burgeoning list of places to go, but it's obviously it's closer now because I'm, you know, part part of the family now. So I, I can't wait to come over. And of course, um, you've just moved on me to Memorial Fields in Quincy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fort uh, Quincy. Yeah, it's going to be it's it's an amazing place. Um, once we sell that thing out, that you know the crowd is going to be fantastic. It's going to be ruckus. It's a great atmosphere already. It's a real stadium, and it has a jumbotron. And you forget how interactive people can be with the jumbotron and how it enhances um the stadium um atmosphere so now that that's there i mean i think they've got everything in place to be successful um as a club and, and the fan base is uh you know we're just now trying to get the first regiment up and running and and being like a, a big time fan base for the the club so you know in the coming years this is this thing's going to be unbelievable it's going to be it's going to be a hot ticket for sure yeah i think that um yeah i think you've got to look at um, how well you did last year in the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the uh, coach uh, was was exceptional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the whole thing together was 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 brought and things for me are always are always um, rammed home in a positive way by leaders. Yes, bags, you know, yeah. leading that uh, and, um, um, and 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 other people as well. But Coach Ryan was uh, exceptional, and you see those people within Tom Kindly, those people within the organisation, uh, and that just permeates down, and everybody gets involved in doing stuff. And <clears throat> excuse me, for me, most of the time when we when we go to produce the shows, Dallin gives us a list of uh, people, and so we contact them out of the blue, and and everybody just everybody just accepts, and they know that you're part and parcel of selling positively the free jack story and getting them out there and um i think the difference between rugby and football and rugby especially when you're growing an organization from scratch like this almost is is a very positive one because it's still very relatable uh to to the ordinary people and i think that's a i think that's one of the things that come permeates down through um uh through through the whole free jack family uh, and that, that's yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it, the organization, it starts at the top with Mag just being an amazing, a genius, but also just a hardworking guy, you know, and, and just being so true to people. And, and you know, Tom Kindly is an amazing. It's a it's so we're so grateful to have him and Mags, of course. But Tom Kindly has, has, you know, pushed the right buttons for this team to be successful in the first year. And we've got a new head coach coming in that has 
has a reputation of doing more with less. Um, so I think that's important. We're not building this team up to just bring in all kinds of internationals that are going to be here for a year or two and then leave. Um, this is, we're trying to build something uh, with players that maybe you wouldn't necessarily recognize, but are going to be great teammates and, and be successful on the pitch because these guys care about each other and that sort of thing. So uh, the organization just radiates positivity. And I think, I think just everybody in the fan base recognizes that. So it's really special what's being built up here in New England. So very yeah, it is. And I think I think when you look at last year and what you did achieve, I think it's pretty monumental, really. You know, and even sort of towards the end and move the moving the stadium and beating the uh, Eastern Conference leaders, wasn't it? You beat at the end, and yes. uh, you know, that that's a great great way to finish off with. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a really as an outsider, I think it was a really good season in the first season last year, building with, like you say, you know, um, th there are a, a great solid bunch of team players and some, you know, exceptional bolt-ons and, and they drag everybody else around them. But it's, it's, you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to genuinely when I come over is going to watch some of the training mm -hmm. because I just get the impression of everything that, that when I'm speaking to any of them and any, all the interviews and stuff, uh, that Dal does is that they're just told to go out and enjoy the rugby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not in 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 in, in a lot of the northern hemisphere now, a lot of uh, the young players were, were complaining all the time that you see this young talent come through and then it's almost coached out of them and stifled. Yeah. And yet when I've watched the Free Jacks play and a lot of the other teams actually in the MLR in fairness, um the uh, they just they're throwing the ball around and they're enjoying the game and yes. You know, I, that's 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 why I think I enjoy seven so much because it's it's allowed to throw it around and allowed to run. You know, it's not kick and it's not stifled in with the forwards. That, you know, they have a role, but it's been great to see, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it last year. What you just said reminds me of um, I had an interview with a guy named Sam Matthews from the Over in Eighty Minutes podcast last week or last episode. Excuse me. He's a uh, English-born, Scottish-sounding UK citizen. Okay, <laughs> and um, so he was talking about watching one of the Free Jacks games against New York at home um, for the Free Jacks, and he was saying how Waka got the ball, and for a second there, he could tell that Waka was like well, the easy thing to do with here would be pass it to a Ford and just let him run a straight line. But you could tell in his decision-making, he was like, screw it. Let's just have fun and kick the ball, you know, parallel you know, 30 meters down the, the way there to get it to um, a back. So, yeah, there's definitely that aspect of MLR where it's like, just have fun, go play rugby. Let's, you know, you know, you've got these things that have been taught into you, but let's just do a lot of free form rugby. Let's, let's see what happens. You know, let's not always be, let's take the three points. Let's take a chance instead of doing that. And just, it's, it's, you can oh, the pitch. As a, I tell you, as a former forward, there's nothing worse than uh, when all the work's been done and then and, uh, the backs then take the scope says take three points, tries to distract me, box kicking as well. That's another thing that drives me to distraction. <laughs> But I, but I've enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed the uh, watching the, the the first season in the MLR, and I did uh, when we talked to Commissioner Killebrew, um, I had, a, I had a, about twenty minutes with him be, be, when we were doing the test before he was on another shows. Really nice guy as well, a real good strong vision. Uh, yes. as Commissioner George, really really nice guy uh, for where it's going. I I j said to Dallin last year, I think that the other times when it when rugby that's been tried before in 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 uh, North America, if you like, and certainly the States. I don't think the time is right. 
I think last year when we started, I think it's just going to go from strength to strength to strength. Mm-hmm. And when you compete against those other sports that you do have out there, how, how far it's coming. And, and the more you grow that grassroots and the academies, and that's another thing the Free Jacks do. Yes. All those little the, the academy system. When I when I looked at that, I was like, wow, I was blown yeah. away. Because that is, you know, Mike's right. That's building the foundations, the foundations and the foundations from the ground up and from the top down with the team. So yeah, you can tell that they've spent a lot of time on figuring out how can we build this thing up to where you know we've got these you know sub academies if you want to call them that. They even have like their regions and their logos and stuff like that. So you get the uh, the best rugby players from that region playing against each other within all of the regions in New England, and then the best of those players are going to eventually play for the junior jacks and then the free jacks. I mean, that is absolutely brilliant. I mean, they can take examples from other sports and see, well, they've done that successfully in other places and stuff like that. But the investment that they're willing to put into it at this early of a stage, it's going to pay dividends, but it's going to be several years on the road, but they're committed to rugby in new England. It's just fantastic. Another reason why this is just the best MLR team and, you know, in the whole MLR structure, I would say. Yeah. And you've just had them. You just had four picked up for effectively the USA A side, haven't you? Four free jacks. Yes. Uh, which is which is uh, which is fab to see as well. So I think that's um, that's uh, that's real positive. You know, when you get to uh, to yep. that stage, yep. and you're going to see and the collegiate system. I'm a, I'm quite a fan of the collegiate system, to be honest. I think it's really great and gives opportunities through through the draft. There's some players I hitherto might not make it or want to transfer sports from, from NFL through uh, and, uh, you know, take the pads off, be a man. Yes. No offense, my NFL. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Yeah, no offense. I don't think anybody's going to be offended while listening to this uh, or watching this about that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think all of those things are real positive yes. power steps forward, mate, honestly. Sure. Sure. There's a there's a guy that played um, Division Two football, American football, um, as a wide receiver who is now the captain of USA Sevens and Division Two. For folks that don't know this, so there's Division One. It's the big boys that play American football, right? That all the teams that you would you know you think of when you think of American football play in that division. Okay, and there's a subdivision below that, and then there's Division Two. So it's like the third tier in American collegiate football. Okay, so if that guy who played at that level can then, you know, transition successfully to become the now captain of USA Sevens. That's all you really need to know, that we have untapped um, potential for rugby in the United States with these crossover athletes. I can look no further than a person who's going to be on this episode, Christy Kershey, who is also a USA Rugby Sevens superstar. She played rugby for 11 months before she was selected as a USA Rugby International. She was playing soccer at a Division Three level, guys. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It it, it is. And I think think you're going to see an awful lot more crossover um, because I think, like, any elite sports, the pressure from uh, on MFL for the, especially for the size of the guys to be, yeah. and and keeping them up there and everything. I think that it's almost uh, I say, as a rugby player, we we'd say that rugby is is is, is probably a harder game to play than NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm not again. I don't want to defend anybody, offend anybody in the NFL fans, but but I think that you don't have to be as big. And is strong. You can be more mobile and and uh, more dexterous and stuff. And I think that's quite going to be quite attractive 
yeah. saw a lot of uh, footballers. For sure. Uh, you know, and I think that's uh, it's great. And I think you'll just see an awful lot more. And again, used to the collegiate draft system. So all of these things just tick so many boxes that actually we don't have here. Right. The yeah. UK and Ireland and France and, you know, and uh, I think, you know, there's, there's, you've taken the best from everywhere and you're putting that together and that's just going to, again, you know, Commissioner George's leadership is sort of, you know, taking that forward. And I think there's uh, the, the investment from people, obviously, you know, one, one of the sponsors for the, uh, on the part owners, David Barry, who's a friend of ours and, you know, the people who can see where it's going and it's having having the vision yeah. and the support yeah. to be able to go through that and um, that's fine. It is absolutely the only thing that I, people have mentioned is you know well these teams are going to lose a lot of money in the beginning and uh, there's probably no doubt about that but uh, it's just you know I think this league will be successful as it continues down the road, as long as there is that proper investment from the owners that say, well, yeah, we're going to lose money at the beginning and, and hopefully it pays off at the end. So um, as long as they're committed, and I know that the free Jacks are for sure to lose some money at the beginning. All you have to do is look at MLS, the pathway of uh, the MLS major league soccer in the United States. They've been around for 25 years now. I think they have 30 teams at this point. A lot of people love soccer now and it, it, it's because of them, you know, targeting the youth at that time to come to the games and get involved. And now these people have grown up and now they have kids of their own and they're watching soccer. So if we can follow in, the, in their footsteps and, and have that commitment like their ownership did for the longest time of not making a lot of money, but um, being committed to the cause, I think this league will, will prosper for sure. And the players. And, will- and again, and MLS in, in different formats tried a number of times and wasn't necessarily that successful. Uh, and the timing needed to come together. And I go back to, I think it's the MLR's time now. And I think, especially coming out of COVID and the pandemic, you, the grassroots stuff and people wanting to be involved and stuff again. So the grassroots and sevens game, all of these things are going to grow and grow and grow. And the more you're doing at schools and unis and all of those, it's just, yeah, I just, I can't see it not succeeding, yeah. but you're right. You know, some people will be prepared to take a hit in the short term, right? But they've got a long term vision, and this is yes. where you know the likes of Commissioner George and Barry and, and Mags and people like that, and, and the owners and that of the other, uh, you know, people like Bill Webb at Toronto Arrows and people like that, they have that vision of where it can go and being part of that. And I think that's hugely, uh, hugely important that we have people like that who are prepared to invest and thank them for doing that for us. Absolutely, let's talk about the Midnight Ride series. How did your affiliation come about with the Free Jacks? Let's kind of back it up a little bit here. Because, as I said earlier, I found out that you produced the Midnight Riot series. Um, so tell us about how that came about. Okay. I, <coughs> um, our South African show, we have a monthly South African roundup show with Three Bucket Ball and Blitzbot, part of Three Bucket Rugby Group, had, was doing the sevens, um, <coughs> excuse me, was doing the sevens uh, uh, focus show one, one month. And uh, Dallin was on it, <clears throat> Dallin Stanford, you know, and uh, obviously I get to chat to everybody before as we're, we're doing the um, uh, the test runs and everything through. Um, and because pe- people don't forget that it's a bit like you, it, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't put, a, I purposely haven't put a background on tonight. I haven't got a, a virtual, I haven't put my virtual cameras on because I'm on Zoom. This this is this is where this is my office. This is where everything goes on. Yeah. It's a virtual studio, mics, professional, you know, mics, live streaming cameras, everything, and that's it. It's not a studio. <clears throat> so so we're connecting with all these people on the go. And uh, Dallin was on the show, and uh, we've got chatting with him before, and just hit it off. Um, and then 
um, we were looking at uh, a number of global things that we were doing. And I said, do you fancy coming on? Because obviously he's got the Rugby Hive podcast. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, it's one of his one of his many things. And, um, you know, this is the man. This is the man who he, he, he has more one liners than a team of 50 blokes uh, re, re, relaying the lines on Route 66. You know, just yeah. very, very funny and engaging. So I said to him, listen, do you fancy doing a, uh, when I put a number of my shows together, I offer them as joint ventures to people because it's about promoting what they're doing as well. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to be all about me, me, me. Right. So we, so July last year, we did, um, July last year, yeah, 20, we uh, we did a, a joint show uh, with uh, with the uh, Three Blocks of All and Bod and uh, on USA Rugby. Because again, I, I, one of those people I can look ahead and see where things are. I thought this is going to be really good. In fact, we <clears throat> we'd been tied in with the Canaloa team, which was looking with Jack Breen and the Canaloa team that were from Hawaii that were looking to get into Super Rugby. Okay, um, and um, <clears throat> so we'd been in contact with a whole number of those as well, their group, and uh, so that was part of the thing that we were looking at. And so we did a joint show together. We jointly hosted it, and then Dallin obviously moved. To, to, to Boston yes. uh, and then picked up, uh, you know, the stuff he's doing with the Free Jacks and said, look, Shep, uh, you know, let's have Do you want to um, have a look at uh, some of the Free Jacks? So we, it was simple. The answer was, yeah. After the first conversation we had, okay, let's put a bit of a proposal together for mags and stuff and what we could do. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it is, it is great to be able to produce and direct and work with him because he's such a professional. Yes. Um, yes. And actually one of the things, as you know, when you're hosting and trying to produce and direct and everything, it's a lot in one. So I, I try now. I like to still enjoy hosting myself, but I try to produce and, 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 and direct as well. So that's how I got involved. Uh, and then we did it. So we will do a pilot of uh, three or four, which then went to uh, eight. Um, and then that was sort of, you know, in fact, actually, when I came back out of hospital, we did the end of the year one um, uh, in July. And then obviously we've just started episode nine which, which is really series two episode one if you like yes. um back in the office and uh and, it, and it's and it's great and i thoroughly enjoy doing it and it, it is everybody is great from the top downwards um everybody's very accommodating and it's easy it's easy for me to produce and direct the show right. and having someone like dallin there and uh we've learned a lot from each other i've certainly heard more from him than he's probably learned from me but it, it's good fun Right. And when something is fun, it makes it easy. So uh, it's a it's a real pleasure to be part of it. Absolutely, um, Dallin Sanford. We've called him the best rugby commentator in the entire world. He's just amazing. Um, he came on to our show very early on. I want to say like episode four or something like that. So to have him on the show, I think it was prior to Mags coming coming on. We just thought like we we've had the biggest superstar in the world coming to join us. So we were, I mean, it's so gracious of him to to do that so very early on and believe in the in the Jack Stranger show. So uh, we're forever in debt to him. I actually got to meet him during the last home game. Uh, we had our kilts on and the and the blue um, right. part. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, it it is, and it's uh, it's 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 great to work with um, somebody of his ilk, is his ilk, and um, it's easy to throw ideas around, and nothing's precious, and um, you know, and he's the conduit through Fridays and stuff through to, um, and obviously, Breeze has got a new media team there now as well, and sort of doing some stuff, you know, working through them as well, and yeah, look, it's it's just, it's easy to be part of, I thoroughly enjoy it, and it's just as much, just genuinely just as important for me uh, currently doing the 
the Free Jack stuff is, is doing my own stuff. You know, it's just an extension. It's just another show which, you know, which is why we put it all out through the three bod group and through our channels and everything as well. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. You buy into something right. and you're part of that, then you know you 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 help promote the promote that outing, which is again fortunately enough to be able to do that. And it's it's supporting the wider thing. You know, there would be some people who say, Well, you're working with them, you do this little bit, that's all, you know, that's all I'm doing, right? I move on to the next bit. It, it's wider than that. For, yeah. for, for, it's doing those things above and beyond. Um, that that help that that organisation, um, which doesn't take that long to do, and so it doesn't matter. You know, that's my core stuff, but it'll do these things for you as well. I think we have to give you a lot of credit for the international following that the Prejacks have, with you being able to, you know, expose people to them and the MLR in general. So very thankful for that. Um, yeah. Let's talk about before we get you out of here. Let's have a little fun. Um, so I didn't get I didn't send this to you as pre as prep. But um, so you've been around, you've been around, you know, you've talked to me and some other folks over here. Give us your best, because I don't have a Boston accent, but give us your best Boston or just an American in general accent. Can you do it? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I could, to be honest. I, um, I probably, I probably, the voice recognition would probably pick me up on Wednesday state. So I wouldn't insult people by even trying, mate. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Of course, you know what's going to happen now is I'm going to have to go off now and practice. Yeah. Uh, an accent because I'm I, I'm actually one of those people who um, uh, pretty empathetic and when I'm talking to somebody I tend to pick up their accents which um, some uh, some uh, some people find uh, you know so it's funny about a pr professor of psychology always said to me that um, it is the most empathetic you can do to engage with that person um, and I just moving around the globe for so many years I've done that but um, sure I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go off and work on a on a Boston accent now and because tomorrow. I'll be there'll be things I need to be doing, but I'll be on Google listening to on YouTube listening to different accents now, and then uh, and then trying them and sending you voice messages on uh, on on, <laughs> on Messenger to see how I'm doing. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, so we'll let you practice on that, and the next time you okay. come on, we'll we'll have you do a full sentence. All right. Come <laughs> on. All right. So final thing here, what we call a one word association before we get people out of here. So I'm going to say one word or a series of words here. First thing that pops in your mind, let me know what it is. Okay. United States of America. Colin Powell. <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, yes. Um, rugby. Family. Free Jacks. Family. Ireland. Home. Dallin. Funny. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So this has been fantastic, Big Joe. Uh, we'll have to have you on here again sometime. I appreciate your time very much. Thank you, sir. Absolute pleasure. And listen, good luck to uh, yourselves and First Regiment and the uh, whole Free Jacks family. And again, it's, uh, I think sometimes you, you, you don't take for granted some of the things that come across you in your life. Like I say, I've done a whole pile of things around the globe. Uh, and this genuinely is up there with them. Uh, being able to uh, be able to produce and host and go live and engage with people who realistically, who I've never met. And realistically, hopefully one day I will meet all those people I engage with across the globe. Mm -hmm. But realistically, I may have never not. Yeah. Um, and being able still to be able to do that and build up. I've, I've got some friends who are closer now than people I serve with in the forces. Mm. And that says a lot that we've done that over three years because you have to break down barriers much more quicker. And it uh, doesn't matter how, how long I work with the Free Jacks now, 
I will always follow them. They will always be close to my heart and it'll be an extended part of my family. So good to meet them. For sure. Uh, from here, what we'll do to get you out of here is say uh, one word, huzzah, and we'll say it in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. Dave is not with us, but we do have a very special guest. We've got Wayne um, Vanderbank uh, calling in from yeah. South Africa. He's at a wedding right now, so we'll try to get him out of here very quickly. Um, Wayne, how the heck are you? I'm very good. Excited. Excited to be here. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so you are the new signing for the Free Jacks. Tell us where you're from. I'm from South Africa, Pretoria. Grew up there all my life, so been a South African kid forever. Um, yeah, been been nowhere else than South Africa. So coming from South Africa, living in South Africa, um, raised in Pretoria, moved to Joburg for four years, and then moved to Nelspruit for a couple of couple of years now, and now moving to Boston. Very cool. I'm sure you're very excited about that. Um, Tell us, when did you know that you wanted to be a professional rugby player? How young were you? Um, I was, for a South African, it's actually from the day you were, you were, you were born, actually. <laughs> you were raised into that, um, into that culture of being a rugby player. So I think um, I wanted to be a rugby player since, since I could, uh, could think for myself, actually. So, yeah, um, rugby player from the beginning. <laughs> yes. Very nice. So, um, so when you do arrive to Boston, when you fly in, what is the first thing that you want to do when you step off step off the plane? Do you have any idea? Like, buy a, a burger? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I wanted to go to New York and Boston. So first, I wanted want to go through Boston and and see how it looks there and do some sightseeing. Um, me and my wife have been checking videos on YouTube about Boston. Now things that we can do and everything so we're excited for that and then we we are looking forward actually to see new york as well because you always see it in movies you see it um, on facebook or everywhere you see pictures of new york and it looks so good so we want to go and travel a bit there perfect yeah that, that's it sounds like a good plan to to come over um when did you decide why what, what made you decide to come to mlr and join the free jacks I think I wanted something new. Um, things inside Africa, rugby, everyone is competitive, and um, it's a, it's a, like I said, now as a South African, you are raised into rugby. So, I think I just wanted something new to to have a fresh start somewhere, um, to just go and express myself and play a bit again. Um, I was at the Pumas now for for two years, but before that, I had injuries um, at the Lions for two years. So. My rugby career went a bit up and down and then I went to the Pumas and played there for, for two seasons and enjoying it there as well and getting confidence back and playing um, some good rugby. And now I'm just excited to go and play again in, in the States now. Um, I'm excited to do, that, to do that actually because I've been seeing on Facebook and YouTube how big the, the league is getting and that got me excited. So now I want to play there because it looks, it looks so good. Uh, the rugby looks good. Um, so just yeah, gonna want to have a new started, uh, new new um, competition, and yeah, looking uh, looking forward for the challenge. Yes, absolutely. So you did sign a long term contract with the Free Jacks. Does that give you confidence going forward that these guys believe in what you can do? Yeah, actually a lot. Um, I think when me and Tom started to to negotiate about contracts, 
Um, we started off with a three-year deal and and um, I said to my agent, I like the three-year deal. Um, it, it shows that they have confidence in, in, in me as well. And then I said to him, but um, I'm, I want to stay there. I don't want to come back. So I want to root myself then, cement my place there um, at the Free Jacks. And yeah, just staying there. I want to hopefully one day play for the Eagles. Um, that would be nice. Wow, that, that would be very interesting. Wow, you look no. great in a USA Eagles jersey, i got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I hope so. <laughs> um, so the new head coach with the Free Jacks is a South African as well. Uh, for the folks mm. that do not know, I'm, I'm sure you know about Al, but uh, it's Scott Matthew. Yeah. Um, have you ever crossed paths with him in the South African rugby landscape there? Um, I've played against him, but um, I haven't. I've not met him in person actually. But I've played against him in a couple of game actually games actually for the Pumas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and most of the time the result went our way. So right. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't hold that against us or against me actually. <laughs> right, gotcha. Um, have you spoke with any of the coaching staff um, yet? Have you had any conversations? Uh, no. Okay. No, uh, no, I only spoke to Coach Scott, and then I spoke to Tom a bit, uh, but not yet with other coaches. Okay. Um, can you give us three words to describe how you play rugby? How I play rugby? Yeah. Um, I think, like, the, the South African trade is physicality. Um, so, I like the physical game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like with running with ball in hand. Um, yeah, I'm, I enjoy that. Actually, um, I try to... For me, a big thing is is to to see how many tackles I can break or um, how many def- defenders I can beat in a game. So that's my aim is to to beat as many defenders um, on the attack and then on defense, steal as many balls as possible. Um, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy fetching balls and making tackles. So I think the the normal South African rugby player. Gotcha. All right. You know, we did speak with uh, Coach Matthew um, a couple weeks back on the podcast on the show here, and he mentioned physicality is very important for him going forward with this team. So that's good to hear that you believe that you are a physical player. Uh, you got a lot of physicality. That's fantastic. Good. Um, what are your goals? What are your personal goals uh, coming up this season? What do you want to accomplish here? For this season, um, I just I want to play the best that I can play. Um, Actually, to find my feet in the in the um, MLR, find my feet in that competition because it's new. So I don't know in South Africa, like I know how the Curry Cup, the the, the teams play, and it's usually um, physical. Um, so it's to to see now how it is there in the MLR. But I want to um, to establish to, to establish myself in the competition. Um, yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to do good there. Um, hopefully, I have a couple of. Man of the match performances, that's what my aim is to have actually a couple of man of the match performances. Um, but to establish myself in the team and to, if, if you're new, everyone, you, you see, you could trust is earned. So I want to play in a way that my teammates will trust me, that the coaches will back me and trust me. Gotcha. Um, I think the, the Free Jacks, um, they showed now they, they, um, their belief in me and their trust in me. So now I have to go and do it on the field as well. Right. I'm sure you'll be just fine uh, coming over and settling into the competition here. But um, let me ask you, I mean, you were just recently announced as a Free Jack player. Has anybody there in South Africa, maybe some teammates or just, uh, you know, folks that you know that that play rugby there, have they asked you about, you know, how did you get this done? Uh, Is there, basically my question is, is there other interest among South Africans to come over to the MLR? 
Actually, a lot. One of my friends um, spoke to Coach Scott as well, um, Jan Louis. Um, he was at, with me at the Lions as well. Um, he played actually a couple of Curry Cup games there as well. So he's got a he's got a good reputation as well. And he actually wanted to to get into the MLR and get to the Free Jacks, mm -hmm. but unfortunately he was a bit late um, because he yeah. played some rugby in another country and then he came back to South Africa um, because he got injured there. Now he's fit again, but. Yeah, he hasn't played rugby for a few years, so he's he's quite interested. And then actually a few guys at the Pumas, um, they are keen because this the moment they heard that um, the, the Fred Jack spoke to me and I'm moving that side, they also came to speak to me and asked me how it is and how I got the deal. And they're actually keen on coming as well. Um, unfortunately, they also didn't get contracts um, this side um, because the competition is competitive. So they couldn't get a, a contract, but they're also keen to come. So it's actually... The, the MLR is getting big. It's getting, gets, you know, it's, uh, everyone knows it. Almost everyone knows it now in South Africa. Okay. I mean, it's encouraging to know that, you know, uh, folks no. overseas are aware of the league and want to participate. That's, that's, that's great. Um, no. So the last thing that we're going to do, well, we'll have like this and then I'll, I'll have one more thing. <laughs> and then we'll get okay. Um, so what we've had on the past couple of weeks, a lot of international folks like yourself. Mm -hmm. So, uh, can you give us your best American accent? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> I, um, I'm gonna try it. Well, the the <laughs> what I heard about Boston, I don't know if it's true that the accent is like in Boston. It's not yeah. like Boston. It's Boston. Boston. Yeah, Boston. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but you're Boston. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Um, that's actually funny. That's the first thing someone told me when I told them I'm going to Boston. They they said Boston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, um, I don't know, uh, don't I sound like an American? <laughs> I'm joking. My English is bad. <laughs> um, are uh, you familiar with um, Julian Edelman? Have you ever heard of that professional athlete from the Patriots? Are you familiar with him at all? No, no, okay. no, not at all. Only Tom, I think it's Tom Brady. Yes, yes. He, he left the Patriots, but one of his best receivers yeah. who just recently retired from the Patriots, you guys could be twins. Uh, so when you get off really? after the wedding, uh, Google Julian Edelman. Um, I think a lot of people Julian. in Boston, you're going to be, uh, they're going to confuse uh, Julian Edelman with you. So just be ready for that. <laughs> ask for your autograph and you're like, what's going on here? I, I just got here. But people are going to mistake you for Julian Edelman. So make sure you, you look up uh, who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check. Hopefully it's a good thing. Eh? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think it's definitely a good thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, you can drop. What was that? Now I said you can drop his name. Maybe then the comments, then um, I can see. Uh, yeah. Going to okay. take him out. Perfect. All right. Last thing before we get you out of here, Wayne, uh, we do what's called one word association. So I'm going to say one word or a couple of words. And the first thing that pops in your mind, one word, just let me know what it is. Okay. Okay. Going to right. try. United States of America. The country of the brave. <laughs> Rugby. Physicality. There you go. Nice. South Africa. Druevors. All right. Free Jacks. Boston. <laughs> All right. You did a great job, man. I appreciate you being on here. Thank you so much. Uh, we say one thing to get out of here. Uh, it's one word. So huzzah. Okay. One, two, three. 
three. Huzzah! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Of course, we've got Dave, as always. Dave McVeigh is joining us in this interview. We've got a very special guest for you this time around. She is the pride of Franklin, Massachusetts. She is a USA Rugby superstar, an Olympian. We've got Christy Kershey with us. Christy, how the hell are you? I'm doing really well. Really well. Yeah. Happy Love to be hat. here. The hat looks great. Yeah, I got my Free Jacks hat on for the occasion. Perfect, perfect. Uh, please yeah. plug your social media, your website, your podcast, all of that. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kershibar. A little bit of a play on the last name. <laughs> Um, I'm on Instagram at KL Kirsch and for our podcast that I run with, uh, Tammy McQueen, we are at try BSB on Instagram and blood, sweat, and beers everywhere. You listen to your podcasts. Perfect. Yeah. Tammy's a, uh, a fan, a friend of the show. Uh, I wouldn't say a fan, but a friend for sure. <laughs> I don't know if she listens, but yeah, we've had her on before. Um, tell yeah, me- she's a good one. Yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. We love her. Just amazing. Very inspirational. If you check her out on Instagram, she's always doing something. Yes. Busy, busy lady. To be honest, I don't, no one hustles harder than Tammy does. It's, it's honestly just incredible. Like I, all the time I'm like, do you sleep? Like, <laughs> it just seems like she doesn't. Cause she's always going, going, going. She's always getting after it. It's very inspiring. So yeah, we're, we're having a beer here. So, you know, just, we're, it's all casual here guys. Um, so let's get into your past a little bit here. Um, you were a three sport athlete in high school an all American soccer player at Williams college after graduation in 18, you picked up rugby. Um, fast forward 11 months later, you were an international rugby player. What? Like, that's one of the most <laughs> impressive things I've ever heard in my life. I mean, just talk about that transition. That is insane. Yeah, it was quite a whirlwind. I'll say that. Um, it was, yeah, so I graduated from college spring of 2017. Uh, I moved to Boston and I just, you know, I, I had a desk job. I was working in a law firm. And I just missed competing so much. Like all I did was complain about it. And, you know, luckily I have friends who were uh, helpful. And instead of just listening to me complain, they were like, hey, why don't you try playing rugby? Um, And I said no for about, you know, six months. You know, I, I kept being like, no, like I'm a soccer player. Like I was kind of afraid to pick up a new sport. You know, I hadn't picked up a new one since I was like eight years old. So I was like really hesitant to do it. Um, I finally caved and I went to my first practice with Boston Women's Rugby Club Mm -hmm. in February of 2018. Uh, And it went horribly. I will not lie. Like my first practice, like I had no idea what was going on. Like I didn't know any of the rules. I like obviously had never really thrown the ball before. Like I've just it was so overwhelming. Like I had no idea what was going on. Um, It wasn't until, you know, a few weeks later that we had like our first like little jamboree outside Mm-hmm. that actually like got to play the game and like play it full size. And that's like when everything started clicking and, you know, I just kind of ran with it from there. You know, I had some really great teammates who like took extra time with me, taught me the game, brought me into Northeast Academy for sevens. And, you know, five months later, I got an invite out to the OTC and then, you know, nine months later I moved out and then 11 months later, I made my World Series debut. So it was uh, trial by fire for sure, but a really cool experience. That's a movie script if I've ever heard one. I mean, like, has Disney reached out to you yet? <laughs> no, I'm I'm waiting patiently, you know, but yeah. uh, not yet. It's, it, it's so mind-blowing. Uh, that's, that's amazing. And you killed it in Tokyo uh, at the Olympics. You know, we were all rooting for you back here in New England. Tell us your overall experience in Japan. Oh, I mean, 
I, you know, people keep asking this question and it's really hard to describe, you know, something that you've like kind of just like built up in your brain for your entire life. Mm -hmm. um, it was really surreal. Um, I think so much of it, I like couldn't believe it was happening, mm -hmm. you know, like getting into the village and seeing all these amazing athletes and being surrounded by so many like incredible players and everything. It was very surreal. Um, but also like, you know, despite, you know, however the games went and everything, it was, you know, the honor of my life and just such an incredible experience, you know, um, the way rugby goes is, you know, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but uh, it was still, you know, one hell of an experience. You say highest of highs and lowest of lows. I know that as a Carolina Gamecock supporter. So yeah, I can slightly like a 1% relation there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so congratulations on your selections to USA Rugby 15's Autumn Internationals. That's awesome. Um, there were, there's currently 11 U.S. women playing professional rugby over in England in their professional league. Is that a route that intrigues you at all? And if, and has any teams reached out? Um, for me, no. Um, so I think it's a really great opportunity for 15s players because yeah. the USA 15s team is not a full-time residency. Mm. So for these players to be getting the opportunity to be playing full-time, to be being paid to play and to have the opportunity to play so many games when domestically we really don't have much going on right now right. is incredible. Um, but for me as a sevens resident, you know, I'm out here training full-time with the sevens program. So uh, no, I mean, it's not something I've looked into or really thought about because, you know, I'm pretty, pretty happy out here with sevens. Sure. Sure. Um, so in the future, you know, free, uh, the Free Jack CEO Mags has mentioned on his podcast, the idea of a professional women's rugby league in America. That's something that in a, uh, the MLR wants to explore in the future. Could you see yourself down the road, of course, in like a New England Free Jills jersey? Um, and where would that stack in the professional accomplishments list if you were to play for like your hometown professional team? How cool would that be? I think it would be really special. Um, I think that that's a, it's an amazing idea. You know, we just this past weekend or I guess two weekends ago now had the Premier Rugby Sevens, which was like the launch of the professional Sevens League in yes. the U.S., which was such an incredible thing to be a part of, you know, just being part of growing the game. And with that, especially, you know, growing the game from a foundation of it being a men's and women's league and all the equality that comes with that yes. was really amazing. So it is definitely something I would like to see in the future. And, you know, I would be so honored to wear, to keep wearing red, white, and blue and get to do it for my hometown. That'd be pretty Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. We'd love to see you in something like that. I mean, just with the premier sevens, that would be awesome if they would, you know, stop around Boston next year. That would be so cool. You know? Yeah, no, I'm definitely pulling for it, you know, and I know my, my family and friends back home are probably pulling for it. Um, I do think Boston has a pretty special rugby community. So like tapping into those communities to get people out to the games would be really amazing so uh it's definitely a hope of mine you know fingers crossed they come somewhere close yeah we'll definitely be there for sure to cover everything if they decide to come to the boston area um let's talk about the free jacks really you're wearing the hats um this is a free jacks fan show right um what is your impressions of the first full season of the free jacks and who's your favorite player oh man i don't know that i really have a favorite player i'm gonna be honest with you guys um uh, but I am really proud of the Free Jacks organization as a whole. I think that's the part that I'm the proudest to be affiliated with, you know, for especially, you know, as a women's rugby player, how much they have done to support the women's rugby teams in the area and how much and how much work they're doing to grow the game in the area is really something that I'm really proud of. Um, and I also think, you know, just they've done such a great job, you know, 
building that organization from bottom to top, you know, with the people they hire, the people they bring in, and they just have such great minds for like a, and a big time plan for growing rugby in New England. And I just couldn't have jumped at the opportunity faster to be part of that. So it's, I think it's just a really incredible organization. Um, and I do think that the move from the move to the new stadium will be really huge and, you know, pulling in all those Boston kids to come and watch games on the weekends, which I think will be really exciting. The, the last home game was there in Quincy at Fort Quincy, as we're calling it. And it was just, it was magical. It was night and day. I mean, obviously Fort Union Point was great for what it was and when it was, but um, mm-hmm. it's just, it, there's something different about being in an actual stadium and that sort of thing. So yeah. For and sure. just, you know, how close it's going to be to the city, you know, you're going to have more people being like, Hey, come with me to this game this afternoon. And just like every time you get a new person watching rugby, that's a better opportunity for us to grow the game. So Absolutely. I think it's a really great move. Yeah. People can just jump on the red line and you're there. So it's, it's all. Yeah. So much easier than having to have a car to get down to Union Point. So. For sure, for sure. Um, let's talk about, you know, the merch that you have on your website. I was getting a chuckle. This is really inspiring, actually. Uh, dream big and work your ass off. I love that. Yep. That's a fantastic quote. Um, Free Jack's ambassador, Tammy McQueen, um, has mentioned you as like the hardest working person she knows, which is high praise from coming from her. Where does your work ethic come from? Oh, I don't know. I just think it's something I've kind of always had. Um, I, you know, I think I've been, you know, pretty lucky at moments, but I think, you know, I always say, you know, yeah, dream big and work your ass off because, you know, you never know when that opportunity is going to come, you know, with, with rugby, like I never knew what was going to come of it, but, you know, I worked hard and, you know, put my head down and, you know, it, it has changed my life and brought me to accomplishing the biggest dream of my life. So mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, you can be a great player, but if you don't work hard at the end of the day, somebody else is going to beat you. So that's just something I've always kind of stuck with. Very cool. I'll let Dave take it over for some more questions and then we'll have a little bit of fun after that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Phil. Um, Chrissy, you were a very accomplished soccer player at Williams College. Um, Your career there, you have uh, several scoring goals. uh, And that was before you picked up the rugby ball. Are there any skills that you think translated well from the soccer field to the to the rugby field um, or anything you brought with you that gave you a leg up that helped you in that really quick process of uh, acclimatization to a new sport? Yeah, I mean, I think, to be honest, I have to credit all the sports I played growing up, you know, soccer, basketball, lacrosse, um, Pop Warner football, especially for, you know, learning how to make a form tackle when I was eight. Um, but soccer specifically, just the fluidity of the sport and how quickly you can be switching from offense to defense and how you have to be aware kind of of everything around you and um, how play kind of flows was really helpful for me just in learning rugby. You know, it was different to have to play backwards, but you do play backwards in soccer as well. So I think that that was something that like just mentally was a little bit of an easier transition. Um, but I think one of the biggest things, honestly, like in transitioning from uh, you know, being a college athlete to then being, you know, a full-time athlete was just, you know, I got, I had gotten used to the schedule and I knew like what, what, you know, how to go from gym to practice, to lift, you know, to all the things. And so I think just the schedule and just the discipline needed to succeed within that schedule, I think was something that I really took from being, you know, a student athlete in college. And so I think that that was really helpful, but really, you know, rugby has kind of been the perfect combination of every sport I've ever played. And so I think I got really lucky in that fact. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I know a lot of people love it because it's unique as a sport and how many different things you get to do as an athlete. 
-hmm. that's really attractive to to a lot of people so sounds like your diverse background helped you know fill all those uh niches a little bit yeah i definitely think especially like you know with lacrosse and basketball you know playing like a sport where i have to use my hands was really important because I think sometimes when you have people just transitioning from soccer, you do see some people, if they've never learned how to catch a ball, they struggle a little bit. Um, so I think that those are really important as well. Pretty key for the the rapid success. Awesome. Um, or was there anything else or maybe anybody else who was really um, important to help you overcome that the challenges uh, in that phase? Any coaches or teammates um, or any techniques that were really helpful? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak highly enough of, you know, all the teammates I've had, you know, I had teammates at Boston who would, you know, hold me after practice and do extra skills with me and do extra running with me as when I was getting ready for like my USA tryouts and things like that. So, you know, I had, I think it's something, it says something about the rugby culture that so many people are so willing to, you know, help somebody learn the game. And I think that that was, you know, really key for me, especially in that first few months of like me feeling overwhelmed and people just kind of helping me break it down and, you know, take those extra time with, take that extra time with me. Um, and as for once I got out to the center, you know, it definitely was, like I said earlier, trial by fire, you know, I was kind of, I was just like a new kid, like hadn't even playing rugby for a year and then was, you know, training next to, you know, Olympians and some of the best players in the world. And so that was a pretty scary experience, but, you know, in the same way, you know, I had so many people who were willing to take extra time with me, work with me on skills, get me up to speed. And that was pretty amazing. And I think also like, I have to credit Chris Brown here because, he definitely saw it in moments that I was overwhelmed and, you know, he would just be like, don't focus on what you don't know, just focus on what you do well and the rest will come with time. And I think that that was really important for me, especially in those first few months, just like, you know, cause it's so easy to get overwhelmed and be, you know, overwhelmed by all the things you don't know. And you're not sure of, like, I was still learning the rules of the game and, you know, he would just be like, don't, don't focus on those things, focus on what you know you do well and it'll all come with time. And so I think that that was a really great, um, really great to hear from him, him in those moments. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Um, how, what was your experience like captaining the experts for the Premier Rugby Sevens? And how much time did you guys get to spend training as a team before you actually had to take the field on October 9th? Yeah, so it was definitely a new experience for me. You know, I've captained other teams in the past, but it was the first time I've ever captained a rugby team. Um, to be honest, like mentally, I'm still like, oh, I'm still like the new kid. I still don't really know what's going on. But it, I'm coming to realize that I am, uh, you know, starting to be a pretty experienced rugby player. Um, and so I think that mentality shift is slowly happening in my brain. Um, but no, it was like such an honor to get to captain, you know, I learned so much about, you know, myself and like what the demands are on a rugby captain and just kind of, you know, there were some, you know, I was lucky that um, my teammate Lauren Doyle was the assistant coach because I could like bounce things off of her and, you know, she's been in the captain role before. So she like helped me out a little bit there um, as I like, you know, was kind of taking the baby steps into it. Um, but as a team, we had, we had about a week. So we had, yeah, we got in on Sunday, we played the next Saturday. So we had probably four days of practicing before we had to play which was pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. I mean, luckily, you know, so many of the players on the team I've crossed path with, paths with, you know, in the rugby world, you know, the rugby community is so small. So I've either played against them, played with them, you know, at some point, even just that year I was playing club. So I think that was really helpful. Um, but yeah, no, there were definitely some challenges. You know, I think, you know, had we had another day of playing, I think, 
because I think as you as as the games went on, like the first games were kind of rough. And then as we got to like the game four in the finals, they were starting to look like pretty good rugby. And so I think, you know, I think we built all weekend and I think every game the team played better. Um, I also had a pretty unique experience of I got hurt in the first half of the first game. So then I was captaining from the sideline for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, so that was also a, a new experience for me. And that was also a little bit of a, a wrench thrown in, you know, our game plans and in, you know, my plans, you know, usually I think of myself as somebody who leads by example and is kind of vocal on the field was one of, or being vocal on the field is one of my goals as a captain. So then, you know, being taken out of that role was kind of difficult. Um, but no, I mean, the team got better through every game. And I think just as PR sevens grows and if they keep the continuity of like players on teams, I think you'll start to see better and better rugby, which is pretty exciting. But, you know, for a first for a first go at it, um, I think it was a pretty good product. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good proof of concept. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more cities pop up as the next place they're going. Um, related to the, the challenges um, playing with and against people that you know is lev kelter as hard to tackle in practice or in a game as she looks on tv yes um <laughs> i'll say yes um the you know a lev is a once in a lifetime kind of player and it's really so cool to get to play again against her and alongside her i definitely prefer playing alongside her um, but she's actually, you know, she's been my contact buddy for like the last year. So, you know, I've gotten a lot of practice, uh, tackling her and we tackle each other in warmups before the game. So, um, I like to think that I've gotten, you know, pretty decent at it. You know, I'm not scared of tackling her anymore at least. Um, but it's still a very tall task and, uh, yeah, she's just as hard to tackle as you would expect her to be. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I actually got to meet her about four years ago at the National Development Summit. She was there representing USA Sevens and just talking to fans and um, players and coaches and refs. And uh, she's really, really positive, really friendly. You know, she was very engaging. Um, yeah. But but you can just tell that she's got she's you know got like all the tension of a coiled spring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. A, yeah. She's uh, she's incredibly personable and she's a great person to talk to. She's a you know she's a great human, but she definitely has a fire that you know i've never seen almost in anyone else it's like once she's playing it's just there you know there's no in between it's either she, you know it's zero to 100 and she's always going to go 100 on the field so absolutely um you've gotten a chance to to travel a, a good amount playing for the usa and so i just thought um i'd ask like any favorite city or cities that you've gotten to see um while on tour or big you know big moments that really gave you that like wow like I'm here kind of feeling yeah I mean rugby's taken me so many places that I never would have gone for any other reason you know I'm a, like I've been to Dubai twice now and I'm like I don't I wouldn't have ever even thought of going there um but it's just like kind of a crazy thing that's happened uh no but my favorite so far um was Cape Town, Cape Town, uh, South Africa. So it was just beautiful. And it was like, so cool to get to play in a rugby city in front of rugby, rugby fans, you know, like we'd be walking around town and the people would be like, Oh, Hey, like, are you guys playing in like the games this weekend? And that's an experience that we don't really normally get, you know, we'll be walking through the airport and we'll be, and people will come to us and be like, Hey, are you guys a softball team, you know, and we're all kitted out in USA rugby stuff. So like, right. we're not really used to like people recognizing that like we're rugby players. And so Cape Town was really cool in that way. And the stadium is like right in the middle of the city. Um, so it's pretty amazing. So I'm really hoping to get to play there again next year. 
Awesome. Well, we hope to watch you there. That's yeah. that's it for my questions. I know Phil's got a few more things to uh, throw your way. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. So the hat collection is pretty epic. Um, I've heard about this and there's a lot of hats, uh, but we've got one more for you here. So this is the Jack's Rangers trucker hat. that's going to be available soon on our merch store, jacksrangers.com. We'll get you one sent out. All right. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I'll have to make a new spot on my wall. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's do one word association to get you out of here. So I'm going to say one word or a couple of words. First thing that pops in your mind, one word, just let me know what it is. All right. Oh man. Okay. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. United States of America. Rugby. <laughs> the next one is rugby. Tackling. Okay. Red Sox. Go Sox. <laughs> All right. Boston. Red Sox. All right. Free Jacks. Fan. All right. Perfect. This has been fantastic. We appreciate this so very much. Um, I can tell people that I've interviewed an Olympian and it's the truth now. <laughs> I, I truthfully was like telling, bragging to all my friends all afternoon. It's it's pretty special. So thank you for spending your time with us. We yeah, really of course. It. You know, I hope I lived up to the hype for you guys. This has been amazing. Um, so done and we, done. Yeah. We get you out of here. We're going to say one word. It's on my shirt here. Three, two, one. Huzzah. 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 Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got Dave McVeigh with me as always. We've got a very special guest this time around. We have Captain... Canada, Josh Larson of the New England Free Jacks. Josh, how the hell are you? Hey guys, yeah, good. Thanks, good. Good to be back on the on the pod and the show. Um, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Uh, for the Rangers out there that have, may have missed your first appearance on the show, can you give us an overview of your uh, rugby and personal background? grew up in New Zealand. Uh, dad's from Ca uh, New Zealand, sorry, mum's from Canada. Um, obviously, growing up in New Zealand, rugby's uh, the national game. Uh, played, you know, from bare feet, under sevens rugby all the way up to during university. Was fortunate to have a couple of seasons in minor 10, uh, which is a provincial uh, professional comp there. Uh, the one below Super Rugby. So I played for the Northern Tanifa and the Otago teams and then I came over to the MLI and uh, eventually landed uh, with the Free Jacks up in uh, Boston and I haven't left since so really loving it. I've also played some international rugby for Canada at the Regional World Cup as well. So okay, very nice. So yeah, the internet connection here is a little wonky, so I'm going to try to just do the best that we can throughout the interview here. Um, I know what you've been up to in the offseason, so we, we've, we've kind of had some banter back and forth with where you're coaching at and, and where I played rugby as a collegiate. Uh, so give us, a, give us a rundown of what you're doing in the offseason. Yeah, so uh, this offseason, I'm actually down in uh... – Phil's uh, second favorite city, Clemson. Uh, yeah, I'm it's a uh, city is very generous. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it shocked me and Sydney, my partner. Here, it's just like, came down here. It's, it's a small university town. So I'm down in uh, Clemson, South Carolina. I got an opportunity to come down here uh, with Troy Hall, who's their head coach. Um, he's a guy from New Zealand. 
um, he he asked me what I was doing over the off season, sort of connected with him, and eventually landed a sort of assistant coach role, uh, looking after the forwards down here with the Clemson Tiger rugby program. So um, yeah, thoroughly enjoying it, uh, Phil, and uh, hopefully get one up on uh, you boys this weekend. Actually, we're playing the Gamecocks, which is uh, Phil's old uh, stomping ground. So uh, we'll be sending messages back and forth, and a bit of banter, I'm sure. Yes, uh, my girlfriend said, you know, be nice. So I will. Um, Clem, Clem sucks is very good. Um, you know, they're a very good program. And this game is going to be huge because anytime you get these rivals together, it doesn't matter if it's the debate club or if it's water polo, there will be blood. <laughs> so these two teams do not like each other. So it's, it's going to be a slobber yeah. here up there yeah. in Pickens County this weekend. So hopefully the Gamecocks win. Um, we have a very great tradition of, um, you know, a great program there at the University of South Carolina. So uh, it should be interesting to, for sure. <laughs> that was me being nice, all right? <laughs> yeah, all right. No, definitely. Uh, the rivalry's been something good. That was pretty nice. <laughs> all right. Uh, what made you decide to rejoin the Free Jacks for 2022? Oh, yeah, just an easy decision really for me. Well, um, guys, uh, just obviously – of being up there, um, establishing something from the start and continuing to see that grow year after year uh, is obviously a no-brainer. Um, just really enjoy, obviously, what we're building up there. I think the excitement of uh, Quincy and and moving out of uh, moving to Veterans Memorial Stadium and, and having that as a base for someone we can build. Um, obviously, thoroughly enjoyed my year last year. The leadership roles and stuff is something I'm really passionate about and uh, really want to continue to grow as a person as well. So yeah, just fit all the bills up there. Obviously Tom Kindly and, and co did a really good job around the, the coaching recruitment. Cause that was a bit of a shock, you know, Ryan leaving, unfortunately, but we've replaced him with two very good coaches that I'm excited to work with as well. So when I sort of saw all that unfold and, and, and just love in Boston and, and my partner, Sydney, um, born, and, born and raised in Oklahoma, then to Texas, moving up to Boston. Uh, she thoroughly loved it. So, yeah, the, the place, the people, and obviously just the growth of, of the Free Jacks and, and last and not least, obviously, the fan base, you know, truly the be best fan base in the MLR and, and the interactions we have are, are more than any of my mates or any other teams or anything like that. And I think that's really cool. So that's part of the, the growth of the Free Jacks and, yeah, just want to take another step further and just, yeah, easy decision really, Phil. Sure. Uh, so you're the, like in terms of caps, you know, for the Free Jacks, you're number one, right? Uh, in terms of, appear, or the, the number one, side, the whatever you want to call it, the first signing. Uh, you're yes. the original Free Jack player, all right? So do you consider your, that historical significance at all? Like, do you ever stop and think, oh, this is like, this is going to go down in the record books and the history books? Uh, to be honest, not no, not really. Uh, really. Well, not at all, actually. I haven't really thought about it at all like that. Um, you know, I mean, I think I, I remember that first team, that first year, you know, obviously ended up being struck by COVID. So there's a number of reasons why you remember it. But just that first team and, and, and the learning, what we had to go through, you know, being on the road for seven, seven weeks at the start or whatever it was, and that first one against New York. I think that's what I'll eventually remember. I mean, I'm sure, to be honest, I guess if, you know, if, if, when when the MLR grows into something special, it's going to be cool to be in that inaugural team, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, the number one or was it 33 players that year or whatever it was, I think it's just going to be cool to be a part of that. So, yeah, no, not, not overly, mate. So you kind of touched on it a little bit here uh, in terms of, 
you know, your what is your overall thoughts of the Free Jacks' first full season last season? Yeah, uh, yeah, great. Honestly, really good. Um, obviously, first foremost, I think uh, I think I probably spoke to you previously in my first year. Obviously, with COVID, I mean, Josh Smith and Kareem Fifi, you know, they did a great job. They really did. Came in their local coaches, uh, growing their knowledge and that, and they're very open to that. Thing, but you know, getting Ryan in there and established as a you know as a really high IQ, um, innovative coach. Um, obviously worked with him before, but I mean now he's at Super Rugby level. Uh, he was a guy who I think really helped uh, you know shape and turn turn the club um, for, for the better. You know, he really he brought guys over. You know, he had relationships and and he, and he sort of developed the style of play that I think you'll see continue for the Free Jacks, which is you know very hard nose. You know. Uh, nose cross face, you know, very, very direct, but also the ability to spin it wide. Um, so and very innovative. So I think that that was that was a great, great first start, obviously the coaching and and and, and around that and developing the skills and stuff um, and seeing some young players get a go. Um, seeing like Quentin Newcomer by the end of the year really excelling and that some of these local players, you know, the Eagle and, and then also seeing some new players develop. So I think overall it was a really good year. You know, we had... We had a lot of young players as well, you know, not too many older heads in the team and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of, I think turnovers can be, you know, pretty similar, obviously, year to year. There's there's going to be a lot of turnover. But I think, you know, overall, he did a really good job in that recruitment and, and also Tom Kindly and stuff. But it also taught us about, you know, the need probably to, to move to one area and make it ourselves. Since Quincy, I think that was a real excitement to play that last match in Quincy. So I think just sort of learning about, you know, chopping and changing all over the place. It's best to have a base around Quincy and being boys living out there and making that, you know, making that our real home and stuff. So obviously from there, then we got to basically go out to the rest of New England and stuff. So I think we learned a lot about that. Um, and then, yeah, again, just, just the travel factor at the start of the year, you know, that was uh, always a big thing. I guess we learned a lot from the previous year, the first year about, you know, just making sure as a team in terms of our goals and as players what we want to achieve in that first, because that's not going to change as long as, you know, the comp starting in February, we're not playing games in Boston. So mm-hmm. I think we learned on that. And I think that the biggest growth we had between the first game and the last game um, was just how we did our away trips, you know, how, what our mindset was, you know, how do we have to make sure players are comfortable? You know, he's went over to LA twice. It's a six and a half hour flight. Um, some of these boys, longest travel they've done in their lifetime probably so yeah I think there's a good learnings about that so you know it's really it's prepped us you know everything from a logistical standpoint uh, for the guys this year coming in it's going to be a lot more easier or used to so I think it's just it's, it's ultimately the growth of the group um, yeah just massive since last year very nice very nice um, look I know that you can't really speak on the signings that have yet to be announced for the free jacks uh, but what about the signings that have been made or the players that have been retained? What's your feelings about the squad so far for next year? Yeah, very good. Obviously, uh, the recent signing um, with so, – sorry, it's bad for me. Well, his last name was uh, Vander – Oh, yeah. Vanderbank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, From sorry. Yeah. Yep. I haven't met him, him personally and stuff, but he looks like a sharp – again, the youth coming through. I'm, I'm excited about that, you know, he, uh, I talk to Tom a lot about this kindly, uh, you know, it's one way we can go about it. We can, you know, you can get some old guys over that, you know, might pack a few bums in the seats because they know them, or you get a guy who's enthusiastic with it, you know, their young family or a young wife is saying that really wants to experience Boston. And, and that's what we're about, the free jacks and stuff. So 
you know, that innovative sort of sort of feel. So having these youngster guys, uh, great to see, uh, I already mentioned, Quinton back in the frame. He's in for a big year. I think he's someone who could really be knocking on USA um, sort of locks like that. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I think it's taken shape. Obviously, you can't really spill the beans on a couple others. But, right. you know, uh, I think it's, uh, I think guys who, the, the whole Free Jacks uh, fan base is going to be pretty excited. And, and I am, like I said, a lot of youth, a lot of excitement, people that want to be here. And that's the main thing. Awesome. So we're going to let Dave take it over for a minute here. He grew up a Tennessee Vols fan. So, Josh. Oh, no. Yeah. That's true. Getting in the, getting the, in the Southern uh, University sports rivalry. <laughs> but, yeah, so just a, just a hate triangle, really, is all we have going. <laughs> no love like lost that. between those yeah. three schools. The rivalries are amazing, don't you? They do it well. Yeah. Um, so – do you have any goals on or off the field uh, for your next full season um, in Boston? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I haven't thought about specific goals, uh, you know, uh, individually as a team as of yet. I guess of just coming into preseason, there'll be a bit of a focus, something that's really achievable and want to do. But uh, not not overly, mate. I think it's just taking a step further at this. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a broad thing to say, what does that look like? But I think that's really as a team base is establishing ourselves in Quincy. I think that's very important. Um, so like logistically for our players and stuff, making sure we're comfortable. Um, and then we go on and put the best product on the field for, for the fans and, and, and for ourselves to win games and ultimately uh, win that championship, which is what, what we're wanting to do. So I think in a nutshell, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, what that looks like, we break it down. It could be, you know, making sure we win so many games on the road because we know we've got a home stretch that we get excited for. So, you know, that could be like a little bit of a, a micro goal as such or something. But the specifics, I haven't really gone into it, but it'll look something like that, I'd say, uh, as a team. Um, obviously, uh, personally, obviously, uh, the Canadian results, unfortunately, I was injured. Um, but ultimately, you know, the World Cup is now, uh, now, now's not a, uh, is a no-go. So, yeah, to be honest, that was the, that was the main uh, goal is to try to be amongst a World Cup squad again for the 23 in France. Obviously, that's no longer available. So, but for me, I, I think that that gives an opportunity. I, I've thought about it and I've talked to a lot of people. It's been a very, pretty tough couple of weeks for Canadian rugby. But, you know, ultimately in the long run, this is an opportunity to really build something um, and really see what the cracks were wrong so those mistakes don't happen again for future generations and, and stuff because there's a lot of good rugby people in Canada and stuff so you know a lot of good rugby clubs and that will be devastated so I hope you know wh whatever the situation is um, with who we're working with or the structure of rugby Canada I think as a player is just to make sure that that's back to where it should be um, so that would be a real focus of mine um, and obviously that's individual playing effort you know that's that's you know, being a being a good character for Canadian rugby on that side. So, yeah, those are probably the two sort of wider areas. I mean, that's very broad, but um, that's what I'm establishing Rugby Canada, you know, back to where it is. And then obviously making making Quincy and, and the Free Jacks a formidable force and hopefully raising that, uh, raising that shield at the end of the year. Excellent. Yeah. And for fans who might not be that familiar with international landscape, Canada has traditionally been the the top team in North America. Historically, when you when you take a when you take a long view, they've really performed really well. So, not making yeah. the World Cup for the first time was a big shock for I'm sure players and fans as well. So I know there'll be a lot of eager Canadians 
um, looking to see uh, you accomplish that goal. Yeah. Um, so you've earned a reputation as a workhorse um, on the field. It's one of the reasons you're captain, I'm sure. Um, but a lot of the work of a lock is stuff that's kind of taken for granted, things you're su- kind of supposed to do 100% of the time, a line out take, win your own ball at the scrum, uh, secure in the ruck. Um, and so it can be difficult for fans to see players who are standing out in those areas sometimes. Um, you kind of make yourself known around the field a little bit. Uh, but is there anybody on the team that, that you think has maybe slipped under the, the fans radar, somebody who's a workhorse, maybe in practice um, or on the field that you just kind of want to give a shout out to? Um, just off, I guess off the top of my head, who was a guy, I mean, a guy last year for me who really came in, Justin Johnson. Um, he was a guy who came in last year. And he draft pick. It's easy for I guess young guys to get to the head of head and stuff, or try and make fancy plays and stuff. He was anything but that. He was a guy who just put his head down and worked really hard. And I think as a leader in the team and stuff, to have our young guys with that attitude, you know, sort of be the guy to just you know head down, bum up, get to work and stuff. And then as he flourishes, start to open up, and as he becomes more experienced and his growth, obviously from from the start of the season, you know, when I first met him off the plane until the end of the season was unbelievable. And I think he was just selected in that USA Select squad. So he was someone I was really impressed with. And 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 again, just just a really good guy. Like, you know, very humble, you know, hardworking, you know, the sort of Minuteman uh, mentality we had last year. So he's a guy, probably a real big shout out. Um, and I, again, I've mentioned him uh, a couple of times, but obviously, uh, Quinton, I think a guy who just sort of stuck at it, you know, a guy like that didn't have really a lot of opportunity at the start, but, you know, I think he's really found his, his mojo as such. And, and he's very confident going into next year and he should be, you know, he's a, he's a beast in the gym, um, you know, and originally he's probably quite raw on the rugby field, but, you know, he's got a pretty bright future and you're seeing a lot of props play till they're quite older these days. So I think the need for that, you know, he was someone who was really impressed with by the end of the year as well. So those are probably a couple that just spring to mind. Obviously, the usuals we know, but that they were some guys who, you know, perseverance and and just had the right attitude and was just really good for our team. Yeah, that's great. Um, He certainly seemed to really just improve match after match through the season, both of them. But as a prop, I paid more attention to the front row sometimes. So Quentin especially really stood out. Yeah. Um, he's, 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 they both have, I think, a really high ceiling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. You have said that you like to get a nice cup of coffee as part of your pre match ritual. So, I, yeah. what is your favorite place to get a cup of coffee when you're on the road? So, you can't say Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, no. I, I wouldn't drink Dunkin' Donuts as it is, Dave. I mean, that's not a check. I shouldn't say that, actually. I shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> You'll make a few oh, people God. mad. But yeah, for yeah. most so Bostonians, like, no, oh, it's, not... it's nothing special. It's just, you know, really, it's just the drugs. That's why you drink the Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. It's just for the caffeine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Donuts probably all right. But no, 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 I guess, yeah, you could call me a little bit of a coffee snob. Uh, but, you know, if I'm on the road, it's, it's quite fun. We've got a bit of a, you know, Mitch Wilson in there. Uh, he's, he's another guy. We sort of, there's a few others in there, but we sort of get a bit of a chat going. And we'll, we'll probably just survey the place and try to find a good, you know, just a good coffee house or espresso so, you know, the super good flat white or, you know, a sort of cortado. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll just bear it up and try to go small business. It's sort of like one that looks pretty local and, you know, a bit trendy and stuff. You know, we'll, we'll, that's probably my, my go-to. Um, 
but heck, if I if I guess worst comes to worst, I uh, I have to run into to to the, to the room and make a, a hotel coffee. I guess it's uh it's not the best, but uh, that sometimes has to do. But yeah, no, we'll we'll look just for a for a little cafe, something local um, that does a good shot of espresso, and that um, yeah, that ticks all the boxes, man. That's 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 good. My go to. I was a barista for many years years oh, ago. Yeah. So yeah, my go to is definitely just to get a, a nice double shot and yeah. drink it down, and then that tells you. For me, it tells you a lot of what you need to know about whether you're going to come back or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that really does. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned the new coaching staff briefly. Um, yeah. What are your first or maybe first impressions of Scott Matthew and Mike Rogers? Did yeah, you play a plenty yeah, side when you were playing uh, for Otago? Would have played. Yeah, I would have definitely. He would have been the def, uh, the assistant coach when he was there. Obviously, I've never met him, uh, met him personally, but I'm excited. I think what he'll bring um, that I'm excited as a forward, as a lock, is, is around the contact area. Um, obviously, Ryan Martin last year being a main attack coach, James Willock's did a great job around that. So I'm just excited to continue to build on that. And he just brings a different outlook. Um, very aggressive, it sounds, off the line in terms of defence. And, you know, that, that mentality where we're defending to, to attack, you know, we want the ball back. So I'm super excited. Um, you know, James had that mentality. I've worked for other coaches that had that mentality rather than a real soft approach on defence where you defend multiple phases. It's, it's more aggressive from what it sounds like. And, and for me, I felt that made me a better, better player and just a better forward. Um, getting off the line. So I'm really excited to work with them. Um, I know a few boys that have obviously worked. Joe has worked with them. Uh, Liam Steele in the first year who was with us, uh, he, he worked with them in Bay of Plenty and they all had really good things to say. So, yeah, very excited to build that relationship and, and uh, see what we can do defensively and as a forward pack this year. And then um, Scott, yeah, a great guy. He uh, had a chat with him actually recently, um, just got to know him a bit more and, and he reached out and, yeah, just a real good guy, family man. Um, I think what I'm excited about him again, he's one of these coaches, you know, like Ryan, like guys have been with who, and, and Tom Kindly and the Free Jacks were really big into that mags, was, was trying to get these coaches that, you know, that want to continue to grow themselves. And they're very, this word, very innovative. And, and, you know, they're not just doing the same old stuff that they did 10 years ago with a really good team when they were young. You know, they're, they're, they're younger at the course that are bringing that to the Free Jacks. And honestly, I really think that's the difference. And that's the difference between us having really good coaches and probably other teams that are getting, you know, coaches that have coached at a higher level probably, um, but just bringing that, you know, 10 years back, uh, later into the MLR, as you say. So I'm really, I love that idea of having a younger coach, really enthusiastic, young family, great guy culture driven, um, all those things. So yeah, he was, uh, he was awesome to talk to. So really excited. Excellent. That's great. Um, I couldn't agree more about young coaches and young players. I think that there's, you know, a temptation, like you kind of mentioned to bring in people who are going to get some press, you know, because of the signing or put butts in the seats, like you said. Yeah. Um, but the real, the real path to growth and to improving year over year, yeah. I think is, is the young, hungry, um, you know, hardworking savages. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, no, exactly. yeah, no. Um, I, I fully agree. I mean, I, and I think you see them perform. I, I think they do. They're hungry, hungry. They're eager. 
Um, like you said, they're not they're not here on holiday at all. They're, they're here to here to work and they're, and they're here to enjoy themselves. And, and you know, and that's and that's 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 all part of it. You know, enjoy yourself, but um, want to play well and either push on to higher things or, or really grow something here and stuff. But I mean, the leagues at its I mean, this thing now is the leagues at a stage. It's a very good competition. You know, they're very good players, and a lot of the teams here would beat a lot of other international um, competition teams. You know, at that sort of that sort of level, domestic level. So uh, I think, you know, I guess in my first year is more like, oh, you know, the, the growth of it, you know, it's, it's well on its way. It's, it's really good. Obviously, there's a lot more being in America, you know, not only on the field commercially and stuff, but it's, it's at a really good level. And I think it's projecting really well. And when these younger guys come over, they've had recent experience or still just getting into a, getting into a higher level of rugby. Um, yeah, they seem to time and time again, prove people that you know they're, they're excited and they want to be here and stuff and i think that goes a long way yeah absolutely i think you see it in how many uh victories you guys had kind of in the second half um is really where that shows up that that capacity for work and the desire for work so it was yeah. made for a really fun season and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more that's it for my questions i really appreciate you uh talking to us josh no worries all right. Um, so just wanted to open up the floor, Josh, to you know, speak directly to the Rangers out there, the Free Jacks fans. What do you got to say? What I got to say is that obviously super pumped to be back. Um, I think in the coming weeks, you're going to see, you know, the growth of the Free Jacks from last year to this year with, you know, both on the field. Uh, player signings as well as you know off the field um, in terms of location and where the boys are going to be around and stuff it's an exciting time to be a free jack fan it really is um red Sox are playing actually really currently so i'll dip off and watch that soon so you know if you're a boston sports fan you know you're, you're in a good place and i think quincy is going to be a real game changer for us i really do i think being around that you know wh whether you're from close to quincy or you're out of out up in Portland or around everywhere. It's a, it's a base where we can come home, we, we call home and, and, and it's, and it's going to be there for the future for a while yet. So I think that just, you know, it gives our fans direction. It gives us clarity as players, you know, what we're building. It's going to be a really good professional outfit, but I think what you're going to see is a real entertaining product on the field. So, you know, new rugby experience to rugby, I think I uh, should get out there for that first home match and, uh, give it heaps of voice and stuff you know and truly become you know those those best fans in, in the mlr which we know we know you guys are oh yeah absolutely um so you know we've had a lot of internationals on the show the past couple weeks so can you give us your best boston or american accent <laughs> oh gosh here we go um oh here we go okay what about what's a yeah hey jerry where are you from i'm on i'm on either side of the Hey Jerry, what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't even know what that's. That's pretty good. Hey Jerry is a, definitely a good. I know. Start. I feel like yeah, yeah. I don't know, Jerry. Hey, you look down worse. the corner of block forty-two in the corner of forty-second, eh? I don't know. I don't even know. Central that's pretty Wisconsin. good. Yeah, we've heard worse on this show for sure. For sure, definitely. We've made <laughs> oh, we've made some time. we've made some guests very uncomfortable with that question. So <laughs> yeah, I've heard a couple. I, I think uh, I think uh, I'll have to touch up on it again. Again, it's it's been it's been in the south currently, so uh, so I have to touch up on that Boston accent. We'll we'll do it again next time. <laughs> so before we get to uh, one word association here, um, just a prediction yep. for the game this weekend. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to shoot off now, guys. I think. Gonna... <laughs> uh, oh, the game this weekend, Gamecocks. Yeah, see, 
yeah, to be honest, obviously the thing uh, we we came off a tough loss to, to the old uh, Tennessee Vols, so uh, that's pretty tough. First loss of the season, if I, to just throw that in there. But uh, no, we got a we got a pretty good squad. On. We're we're excited to see what they're about. I, I hear they've got like a coach, uh, a sort of well, a newer coach. I mean, a coach show that's you know just a bit more established there now. Um, and stuff. So I think they're trying to really grow, the, grow their program. So hopefully yeah. keep that rivalry around, around and uh, hopefully for Clemson, we're up, you know, let's say 32-14 bonus point win, but, you know, we respect the game, Cox. Uh, Cox by 90 is my prediction here. And, oh, our, oh, wow. and our coach uh, is John Roberts, who's a multi, multi-national champion at the collegiate level. So good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> No, it should be a good game. Clemson is very good. Uh, you know, they've got a great program up there, um, but Cox by 90. And just for the, the players, if any Gamecock players out there are watching this show, just as a former player and alumni of the University of South Carolina, just giving you directions on how to get to Clemson, north until you smell it and west until you step in it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so <laughs> people that have no idea what we're talking about, is like, what is going on right now? Yeah, um, so final thing here, you know, one word association. We're pretty famous for this at this point. Uh, I'll say uh, one word or a couple words. And first thing that pops in your mind, let us know. All right. Free Jacks. Uh, family. Canada. Uh, strong. All right. Woodgy. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> only because only because my uh, my partner girlfriend Sydney she finds them uh, pretty scary. But uh, it's probably my four year old would agree. She just <laughs> screamed and grabbed my leg when when he went for a high five. At my at my insistence, would you come yeah, over yeah, here? Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, especially with that scary kids love them. Though. Boston. Uh, historic. All right. Final one here. Is the University of South Carolina fighting Gamecocks? Who? <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. We are the two-time champions, by the way. We've been in the finals five times out of nine. So just, just you know, all right. We're respecting them. We're respecting them. But you know what it's like after a good team, after they lose, how they respond big. So big training tomorrow night. We'll be ready if anywhere. Yeah, it's going to be the most physical game that you guys will experience all year, I'm sure. This is the way the rivalry is. You know, I don't remember who we played you know, my junior year or in week three or whatever, but I remember clearing out a ruck against the Clemson player. I'll always remember that. So, <laughs> great rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. All righty, boys, this has been a fun one. Uh, Josh, thank you so much. You're very gracious with your time. Very professional. We appreciate you so much. No worries, guys. No, I appreciate it. Little Dave. Um, awesome work you guys are doing. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you guys back on soon. All right, we'll say huzzah to get out of here. Three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Woo! All right, Rangers, tell us how we did with all four interviews. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those fun places. We are at jacksrangers on all of those platforms. Comment on our graphics that we're constantly posting. We just recently had the Silly Season Dream signing for the Free Jacks. The winner of that, of course, was Joe Marler, and he's been paying attention to this tournament. He's the only player that was um, liking the the graphics that we were posting and, and tagging all of the players in that were involved, except for Richie Grant, who I don't believe has social media. But interesting that Joe 
Marler was uh, interacting with us on these graphics. So uh, maybe one day we will see him in a Free Jacks red, white, and blue jersey. If you are happen to catch the, the video versions of the interviews, you will see that I at times am wearing Jack's Rangers merchandise. So I told you guys that we're looking into having merch in the store. If you go to jacksrangers.com right now, you will see that there is a merch section and it has some of the products listed. I've been purchasing like sample orders and it's been uh, sent out to me. So I've been wearing uh, the Jack's Rangers merchandise just to test it out to make sure it's of high quality before I start selling things online. And I can attest that, you know, everything is really good. I don't necessarily like the design of the hats that I've received. The logo is a bit small, so I did tweak that a bit. So in the coming weeks, you will see live merchandise available on the Jack's Rangers show website, which is jacksrangers.com. So check that stuff out. Via, I'll, I'll certainly let you know through social media when that stuff goes live. But other than that, you know, the way that we close up shop here is we always do a Today in Revolutionary War History. So today is a very, very special day, guys. I am recording this on October the 19th, 2021. Back in 1781, the formal surrender ceremony of British General Lord Charles Cornwallis took place in Yorktown, Virginia. Cornwallis did not attend due to illness, so General Charles O'Hara carried Cornwallis's sword to the American and French commanders. The fighting had actually ended in surrender on October the 17th when a British officer waved a white handkerchief. So this is a huge moment in our country's history where the British forces at Yorktown surrendered to the Patriots. Yeah, a great day to be an American on today's date uh, and just be thankful for the sacrifices of our our ancestors in the American Revolutionary War. All right, uh, with that being said, Hope you guys have a great week. Look for us again in a couple weeks. We'll have another episode. Episode 20. Holy crap. Can you believe it? We've made it all this way. Very exciting stuff here at the Jacks Rangers show. Very excited to see the Free Jacks um, start their preseason festivities and getting everybody, uh, the players from all over the world, centralized in Quincy, Mass. at Fort Quincy. It's going to be awesome, man. Very excited. So huzzah. Let's ride. Saddle up. See you next time, Rangers. <laughs> <laughs>